Sawbones is a show about medical history, and nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. It's for fun. Can't you just have fun for an hour and not try to diagnose your mystery boil? We think you've earned it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy a moment of distraction from that weird growth. You're worth it. All right. Tommy is about some books. One, two, one, two, three, four. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. I am your co-host, Justin Tyler McElroy. And I'm Sydney Smurl McElroy. Trying to make this sound a little more professional, you know? Formerly Sydney Ann McElroy. No. Smurl. Sydney Ann Smurl McElroy dumped it. And got... Why is this relevant? We're just trying to sound more professional. Sydney, the holidays are here again, and... uh, as, as, as Tom Petty would say, it's Christmas <laughs> all over again. Is that what Tom Petty says? Yeah. If you listen to the lyrics of that song, it's a little bit cynical. I just listened to him for the first time. It's a little, it seems a little cynical to me. But anyway, yeah. it's a, it's kind of like a world weary, like, oh, Christmas is here again. Like, that was my Tom Petty. That, I, I, that's pretty much what he sounds like. Yeah. I get him, Dylan. Anyway, <laughs> this is the Christmas time is here again. And uh, that at the McElroy house means one Sydney uh, uh, purchased three snowmen that blare jingle bells twenty four hours a day outside our they're, dining room they're window. They're inflatable. That I found in Charlie loves inflatables. That she calls them her buddies. And this one, it's an inflatable that uh, lights up and plays jingle bells, and it lights up to the jingle bells like it's synchronized yeah. to the music. It's very loud and it is outside and I apologize. I'm taking this moment to apologize to our neighbors. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> for gang. purchasing this item. Sorry about our entire first floor of our home, which is permeated with the the echoes of jingle bells. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, the other thing it means is uh, just baking, baking up a storm. We realized we hadn't had cookies and then we just like made. I made some coconut. You did chocolate chip. I can't take cookies, credit. And then some. Uh, just some peanut butter cookies, like four ingredient peanut butter cookies, because we realized that Charlie doesn't like chocolate. So we've just been making cookies. Um, Justin's uh, quite the baker. Thanks. You are. It's true. Baker. You're, you're very good at baking. It stresses me out sometimes because you're a perfectionist baker. A little bit. Yeah. And you get very upset. There's if no it's room not for anything else in baking, as far as I'm concerned. But sure. anyway, um, you know what you haven't made though. What? You haven't made any gingerbread. That's true, Sydney. Ever I, to my recollection. Yeah, that's true. I know it's traditional. I just am not a big, I don't know. I've never been a big, like, gingerbread kind of person. I guess I could give it a whirl. I guess I always think of it as kind of hard. It's a little bit hard and not very pleasant to eat. But to be fair, that is because my only experience with it, well, I mean, I've eaten gingerbread cookies before, I guess, but primarily it's just as a building material. Yeah, right. For construction that work. It just becomes inevitably. Uh, gingerbread houses are the worst. Where can we just I know we want to talk about I'm assuming ginger. I'm going to talk about ginger. Okay. Uh-huh. Before you do that, 
Um, gingerbread houses are the worst. You bring something into your home that looks like so delectable. Uh huh. And then you say, I can't eat you. You're a decoration. Don't eat this. And then it's December 26th and you're like, what's up? Hey, <laughs> guess what? You're not a decoration anymore. Now you're a consu- consumable, and it's inedible. No, it's not a consumable. It's no, it's no, no longer it's not. No, it is no. It's just to be thrown away. It's a nightmare. There are nibbles off of our gingerbread house, though. Yeah, I'm assuming that was Charlie, though. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is that you? Are you slowly eating the house? That was the only thing I could think of. Is if I slowly ate it, then it would like that was the only way I could strike back. Slowly, sneakily eating Charlie's gingerbread house. Because if I do it slow, she won't notice. It's just sitting out there. She's gonna notice. She's not gonna notice. I'll she's blame gonna, her. I'm gonna tell her she's that Daddy two, did she's it. She's two and a quarter. She doesn't know what she did. I'll tell her she did it. She'll she knows. It. She remembers everything. Uh, so what's the deal with ginger, Sydney? I know that. Well, I have my own things that I rely on ginger for, but what's <laughs> give me like the the full scope? Well, thank you to Catherine and Stephanie and Sean for recommending this topic. Um, ginger obviously has some medical. I I was gonna say uses, but I mean, there's I guess there are some medicinal uses and then things that it is used for that are thought to be medical. How about that? Was that a... Maybe medical applications. Yeah. Because application implies that it is being applied, but not that it is useful. But that not that it is doing anything. Uh, ginger, the plant, the name we're talking about here is Zingiber officinale. Mm-hmm. I like Zingiber. Zingiber. I like that. Yeah. I kind of wish we just called ginger that. Yeah. I can see why that would be a mouthful, though. Yeah, it, it comes... Uh, actually, the word ginger comes from the Middle English gingiver. Hmm. It's just the word for it. There you go, in case you wondered. Yeah. I like that better, too. But it dates back like 3,000 years, originally from a, a Sanskrit word that meant horn root, because if you look at the root of, you know, the, the edible part, the part that we use in medicine mm-hmm. and... It looks like a horn. But yeah. It looks like a horn, right? You, did you know that ginger no longer grows in the wild? What? Did not know this. Fascinating. Really? Anywhere? We we are not entirely certain where ginger first grew in the wild. Certainly it did at some point. Uh, Probably somewhere in Southeast Asia, but it it does not grow wild anymore. It is now only cultivated. Weird. Uh, It is cultivated many places. um, Like it, it dates back to ancient China. It was cultivated in India for a very long time. And then it has spread from there and is now grown many other places in the world. But ginger does not grow wild. I did not know that. That's wild. I didn't know that either. Uh, it is the member of the same family as turmeric and cardamom turmeric, mm-hmm. which is also something we could do a whole show on because it has medical applications. We make it well. to that point. Yeah, I, I'm sure we will. Uh, there is a legend that a baker on the island of Rhodes made the first gingerbread in 2400 BCE. Wow. That it dates back. Are we pretty stale by now? <laughs> and he made it into a house just Classic. to torture Justin. Uh, the Egyptians and the Romans did make gingerbread. We know that. So this is that application for ginger is is very old. And ginger was very important for trading. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. It was a it was highly prized, like uh, along the Silk Road. It was it was a highly prized spice. A lot of spices were, but ginger was was among the most. It was uh, sent to the Roman Empire often traded through that route, um, largely for medicinal purposes uh, in that time. Um, But it was also widely used for flavoring because ginger, it's 
it's a strong flavor, kind of a spicy. Very spicy. Flavor. Flavor. And it's very good at disguising the taste of preserved meat, which I also took to mean disguising the taste. Of rotten meat. Of rotten meat. That's what you meant to say, yes, because it is 2400 BC. Meat that was intended to be preserved, but maybe has gone a little rogue. Yeah. You could put ginger in a lot of things. It would probably hide some some rogue flavors. Yeah. Uh, I I read that Cleopatra gave it to Mark Antony in a there was a beverage that she made with nutmeg and mace and ginger and it was thought it is thought that perhaps this was being used as an aphrodisiac. Oh, okay, which makes sense. Spicy, spicy, spicing warm, up. spicing is up. Yeah. Uh, in ancient times, there's also I've also read that it was used for uh, bathing new babies. It was thought to be Ooh. like. Well, in water, like you mix some ginger and water and give your baby a bath in it. Yeah. So not like a ton of ginger, but it was thought to fight aging and preserve youth and kind of beautify the skin, like give you yeah. a glow. So feels like a bit of a panacea. Uh, we're getting to that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, Hippocrates wrote about ginger. Um, of course, we're kind of going to be referencing the humoral system of medicine, the four humors. Which Hippocrates? Blood, bile, mm-hmm. phlegm. You got it. And black bile. There's bile. two kinds of bile. Black bile. So you, I mean, you blood bile, bile, phlegm. Just divide bile up into. Got yeah. it. See, you good. Yeah. You have learned the humoral system of medicine, which has zero application to today's modern medicine. Okay, smart Alec. Move on. <laughs> Uh, Hippocrates thought of ginger as a dry warming herb, and that's that's because a lot of your 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 purpose as a medical practitioner back then was to balance these four humors by if you had too much of a cold humor giving you something warm or too much of something wet in your body it would give you something dry. All all balanced. Trying it, to find exactly, balance. exactly. So if you had a cold condition, especially a cold wet condition. Ginger would be a good treatment for it. It would stimulate your metabolism, stimulate your liver. Uh, In this way, it would evaporate excess fluid and phlegm. So if you had something that was uh, thought to produce a lot of phlegm, if if you were found to have an overabundance of phlegm, ginger would be good for that. I feel like that that makes sense to me. I could see where you would get like, because I think anything that has that real strong bite to it, like ginger or stuff like capsaicin like definitely has like a capsaicin no that's not the right word you know st- yeah. hot stuff yeah you're you're right capsaicin, okay. capsaicin. Mm-hmm. like hot stuff definitely has that sense that you're that that has been cleared out that you're um, opening up your sinuses yeah, exactly. yeah i think i think that's probably where some of this came from that that sensation you get if you eat a, a lot of raw ginger wasabi. or something yeah wasabi does that too uh, it could be. It was also thought it could be used for expectorating the phlegm, so like breaking up the phlegm and helping you cough it out. So, and it's so especially, you would say, it's especially good at expectorating. <laughs> My, what a guy that ginger. Yeah. <laughs> uh, cold conditions were largely things that you. I mean, this kind of fits: cold, flu, bronchitis, sinusitis. You know, respiratory conditions, sure, any yeah. kind of pulmonary issue, gout. For, that's a cold condition. Same idea. Ginger would have been used for that. Uh, so, so it was a very popular herb, so to speak, in the in the Hippocratic medicinal cabinet. I wonder what we're probably not talking about crystallized, right? Like we probably weren't to that point yet. No, uh, the practice of preserving and crystallizing and all the different ways you can you can use ginger came along later. Mm. Um, not. Not too much later, though. We, we figured out all the different ways to use ginger pretty soon. But at this time, we're probably talking more about 
either the raw root or powdered mm-hmm. powdered forms of it, drying it out and yeah, yeah. grinding it down. Um, but also just there were lots of applications that involved like the like chopping up the raw ginger very, very fine. Eventually, obviously, we found ways of preserving it. And you'll see like preserved ginger, like the pink ginger that comes with your sushi. Sure, It's yeah. like a form of preserved ginger. Pickling. That's pickling. Yeah, right? pickling. And then like... Um, uh, cri- like you mentioned, crystallized ginger and drying dried ginger and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Um, initial applications were more the powder or the the raw root. Uh, Pliny did not. Our buddy Pliny, Pliny the Elder, did not write a lot about ginger. Let us down, unfortunately. Other than to say that he really liked the smell, and a lot of people seem to use it. That's such a. <laughs> <laughs> so here's my here comes my chapter <laughs> on ginger. That everybody, he had to be a few books in, right? At that point, he's like, what should I write about? Uh, I'm just tired. Ginger, okay. Um, I don't use it. I like the smell. A lot of other people use it. Anyway, next chapter. It's actually in a chapter that's not even about ginger. It's about pepper. And he starts to talk about how some people confuse pepper and ginger. But ginger is definitely something else. And ginger is definitely something people use and smells good, but not pepper. And then he goes on to talk more about pepper. So if you're if you're wondering how Pliny did so well, remember he lived in an era where people confused pepper and ginger. <laughs> They're spicy. I don't know. Spicy. End with ER. I don't know. <laughs> in, in ancient Indian medicine, uh, it was also used for gout, just like it was in Greek medicine, uh, as well as for indigestion uh, and for elephantitis. Elephantitis, really? That's mm-hmm. a that's an odd and application of it because it seems like that would be pretty. I'm always confused when I hear about like anything exterior being treated with this stuff because like you do that once, right? And it doesn't work. And it doesn't work, and you're like, well, that definitely was made up. <laughs> like we we hey, should we write this down? We came up with one, <laughs> maybe ginger for elephantitis. Should we write it down? Sure. It was like, write did you down. try it? No, I didn't try it. We'll try it real quick. Okay, no, never. Mind. <laughs> Probably let's go ahead and write it down because we already I don't know we don't have a lot of ink because it's olden <laughs> times so we already wrote it and I don't want to scratch it out but like that one is that one's a bust let's just, in the next edition just say it enough it was somebody who sold ginger who made that up yeah no it but we know this from from doing sawbones is that just because something didn't work doesn't it doesn't mean, mean we didn't work it doesn't mean that we didn't try it over and over and over and believe in it really hard and keep advising it. To this there day, isn't a cure for elephantitis. Is there like there's not a treatment for that, right? It de- it depends. Okay. It depends on what the cause. I mean, it seems like a longer conversation. Yeah, the, okay. this the, this is a longer conversation. Fair enough. It's not ginger. Can I say that? It ain't ginger. It's not ginger. It was it was called the Great Medicine and the Universal Cure. Mm. Yeah. We, are, we are already suspect of that. In traditional Chinese medicine, it was and, and continues to be advised for conditions of the spleen, the lung, the stomach, and then also for thinning mucus again. Uh, It was, as I mentioned, it was a very important trade commodity. And in the 13th and 14th century, you could trade a a pound of ginger for the same cost as a sheep. (laughs) So there's your reference point. It costs exactly one sheep unit. One. How many is it? It's a sheep. (laughs) It's a sheep. It's a sheep. A sheep. So I think that's expensive. Seems expensive. I mean, that's a whole like animal life. I mean, yeah, and like you can do whatever you want with it. It's your sheep. Ca- Ooh, careful! I mean, not anything. No, I mean, careful. I mean, get your hell a gutter smell. <laughs> Don't do anything you want with it. How about just pet it and keep it? Pet it and keep it as a beloved pet. Keep it yeah. as beloved. Name it, pet it, and feed it. 
Just not yeah, ginger though. Just they probably won't like that. Uh, you don't have your ginger anymore. You <laughs> traded it for the sheep. It's the worst gift of the Magi ever. <laughs> this sheep loves ginger. I'm, I'm going terribly wrong. Oh, no. And I got you a ginger holder. Oh, Henry. <laughs> in uh, in medieval times, this is when we see more and more forms of preserved ginger, especially being used in sweets. Because you know the next time you want ginger, you're going to look at that sheep and just think, man, <laughs> I could really use some ginger right now. I'm but so I traded all my ginger. I traded all my ginger for you. <laughs> And now I can't use them in sweets. Uh, this is this is when we see, you know, we, we've already kind of talked about gingerbread and especially, I mean, in all different kinds of desserts, ginger could be employed. Um, but specifically, Elizabeth I invented the gingerbread man at this point in history. At the time, gingerbread was already being eaten kind of as like a, as a, the hard cookie that we think about, mm-hmm. like, a you know, gingerbread cookie. Uh, but it was and it was already in the shape of other things. So people would commonly make gingerbread into the shape of animals or just some kind of object and decorate it for various reasons. Uh, there, there were actually big medieval fairs. Uh, and over time, these these medieval fairs became known as gingerbread fairs because it was so common to eat gingerbread at them. I get, I get very suspicious whenever I read uh, historical stories of um, royalty inventing things. Because it seems to me, it's like they were stealing the credit. Your Your Majesty, I've created something uh, amazing. It's a gingerbread man. <laughs> and she's like, "Oh, you invented it? Did you? Because I'm pretty sure I invented it." Off with his head! Off with his head! I invented gingerbread man. <laughs> it's my thing now. Anybody else want to disagree? No, 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 no. My queen, you invented it. No, I'm sure, brightness. I bet you're right on this. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not. I don't want to argue with history, but I bet you're right on this one because what the where the gingerbread man came because we already have gingerbread we already have gingerbread cookies we have them in different shapes they're they're a deli- they're considered like this delight this delicacy yeah. or not delicacy but like this celebration kind of thing you would have them at a fair you would have them on holidays they had like all different kinds of seasons you know that you could you could decorate them for different seasons the gingerbread man initially were gingerbread dignitaries it was Queen Elizabeth would welcome different dignitaries into her court, and to celebrate their arrival, she would have cookies made that look like them. Sure. So here's, I don't know, a king of France cookie? I don't know. Whatever dignitary was coming to visit, here's a cookie that looks like you. And that was the first, like, gingerbread person. She sounds like an ill-fated Silicon Valley upstart. Like, it sounds <laughs> like... Welcome. Do you want to impress your important guest? Impress your important guest with this out-of-the-box gift. Make them into a cookie. The cookies at the gingerbread fairs, by the way, were called fairings. I've never heard that term. It also led to a couple expressions. Uh, Take the guilt off the gingerbread because Ah, it's so commonly you would use like gold leaf on your ginger, your fancy gingerbread cookies. Mm -hmm. So you could, that was an expression that was used um, as well as the, you know, the intricate work on houses that is, have you ever heard gingerbread work? No. Like on the side, like on the... Oh, I, I get where it's You know, the from. roof of houses, you know what term. I'm talking about? I don't, yeah. Uh, because I don't have of a lot of conversations this. in my day-to-day that would lead me into house construction, actually. I bet Chris knows this term. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. A- anyway, gingerbread work came from that. And then um, gingerbread houses came along in Germany in the 16th century just because people were getting super creative with gingerbread. I want to hear more about gingerbread, ginger as medicine, though. I'm getting to that. But first, why don't we go to the billing department? Let's go. The medicines, the medicines that escalate macabre for the mouth. 
Sydney, you know how you're always saying that you'd like to build a Justin McRoy fan site full of all your favorite quotes, clips, videos, and hunky pictures of beloved podcaster Justin McRoy? I don't remember. Well, there's that- no need to wait any longer, Sydney, because Squarespace is going to make it easier than you could possibly believe to make a website uh, all about your favorite hunky podcasting superstar. I don't think I was going Squarespace, to— Squarespace, what is it? It's a tool—think of it as— the palette, the palette of a web design artist. But you don't have to be a web design artist. You could just take stuff off the palette that is created by real people that know what they're really doing and put it from the palette onto the easel. The metaphor is broken down. Basically, you're going to be able to create great-looking websites that have fantastic customer support and help you unlock your creativity and do whatever you want to with your small business or podcaster obsession. You can sell products. You can uh, post your videos. You can share your stories about how Justin has shaped your life and is also a fantastic father. Folks, you got to stop waiting to make your Justin McElroy fan site. Go to squarespace.com slash sawbones for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your Justin McElroy fan site, use offer code sawbones to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. We have just started rehearsing for the summer theater. That's right. Summer starts in March around these parts, and that means we don't have much time at all in the evenings to make dinner. But we will not be just consuming Wendy's, uh, although there will be some Wendy's consumed. But we are going to have a little extra help with Factor, which delivers ready-to-eat delicious meals right to your door. And not like junky stuff you get out of the freezer aisle, whatever. This is real high-quality, chef-crafted stuff that in two minutes you're ready to eat it. I'm talking about some Southwestern-style turkey and mac. I think this week I'm going to be enjoying a shredded chicken taco bowl is 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 part of my plan. Um, but they got, like, fancy stuff. Listen to this. Where are you going to get this? Truffle butter filet mignon. I mean, seriously? From, from, from a, a box? Pre-prepared, all I got in two minutes, I'm eating filet mignon. That sounds delicious. Yeah, it sounds delicious. And you can give these a try. And it's not just these meals. We're talking pancakes, smoothies. They got some great wellness shots that are surprisingly delicious. And the meals you just eat and eat. There's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup. Get as much as you need by choosing your meals every week. You're going to get exactly what you want. No surprises here. Uh, and the meals, I can say, are delicious. So what do you got to lose? Head on over to factormeals.com slash sawbones50 and use code sawbones50 to get 50% off. That's code sawbones50 at factormeals.com slash sawbones50 to get 50% off. So you're, we were talking about gingerbread and maybe very hungry, uh, but I want to talk a little bit more about ginger's medicine. So you're right. As I mentioned, I, I got on this sidebar because I found this history of gingerbread men and gingerbread people and dignitaries quite mm-hmm. interesting. But uh, yes, alongside of all these wonderful food uses, they there were more and more ways that people were using ginger as medicine, um, especially as we began to find different ways to to preserve it and then add it to other things. So in the Middle Ages, we started adding it to syrup, so ginger and, and different kinds of syrups is a better way to ingest more ginger, uh, partially because it tasted good, and then other other medicinal concoctions as well. In addition, it was also added to beer at this point. Mm. Ginger beer, but not ginger beer. 
Ginger beer. Ginger and That's beer. That's not ginger. No, ginger beer is not ginger. beer. No, just because Sam sure Adams. Ginger beer came from. Just because I mean, Sam Adams has something called. This makes me so angry. I can't talk about it. In the 16th century, probably a very important medical application, it was used against plague. Uh, Henry VIII actually uh, routinely ingested a ginger-based concoction to try to avoid the plague. What I'm saying is they have a thing in their holiday box called ginger beer. I know, and it's That's not ginger not beer, ginger. Which is You can't different... just put ginger in beer and call it ginger beer. That's not what it you, is. You also can't use ginger against the plague unless you want to get the plague because that, it will not work. I, so, yeah, I, I, I guess we're in agreement. Uh, the, uh, the, on a side note, at this point in history, we're kind of moving into where the colonists would have been migrating to the new world. Mm -hmm. Do you know that they, they brought gingerbread there and it, one way it was used in early American history was to influence voters in elections? No, I did not know yes, that. Yes. I thought that was an interesting sidebar. Gingerbread was a very popular way to, I would have like... If you're trying to influence my vote, I don't know that a gingerbread cookie is going to win me. If you're very on the fence. Okay. <laughs> I really don't like either of these candidates. Just rampant got? disregard for the future of your country. I guess a gingerbread <laughs> cookie could push you either way. But uh, it has now. How is it being used as medicine? So now we've got all these different preparations of ginger. We're going to put it in syrup. We're putting it in beer. We're putting it in all our food. It is being used largely for stomach conditions. Nausea, seasickness, morning sickness, and that date, dates back a really long time, mm -hmm. still is today. Uh, advice for those. But it was also ginger, as I mentioned before, it, back to ancient times, we would bathe new babies in it and it was thought to fight aging. So it was also used for a lot of skin conditions. In general, it was thought that if you just mixed it with some kind of oil, olive oil, coconut oil, any kind of oil you wanted to, and then applied it to your skin, you'd have a more like a glowing complexion. Okay. Just like a you know standard kind of beauty thing, uh, if you mixed it with molasses, you could apply it on your skin for hives. Mm. It was thought to kind of have an anti-inflammatory effect in that sense. Uh, you could take fresh or powdered ginger. So if, ideally, you would have powdered ginger for this one, and you would sprinkle it on like if you have a boil, an abscess. Oh, okay. Some sort of skin infection, and it would help uh, draw it out was the thought. It would open it up and allow it to drain. If you don't have powdered ginger, you can just take fresh ginger and mix it again with some kind of oil or maybe mustard. Ew, like okay. big chunks of raw ginger and okay. then just like shove it on the boil or in the boil. No, stop it. Have it open. No, uh, don't do any of this. I wouldn't do that. Especially, I mean, now like there, we, there are doctors for this sort of thing. Uh, ginger and honey was a common combination advice for anything that was thought to come from your gallbladder. Uh, you're having gallbladder problems. Kind of a long shot. But Here's sure. some ginger and honey. Sure. Nobody even knows what gallbladder is. And <laughs> well, I mean, I do. Hmm. Mm hmm. I won't make you prove it. In addition, we begin to see this expansion of it being used for other medical conditions. So, uh, does your baby have colic? Yes. Give him some ginger. Uh, do you have any any irritable bowel or loss of appetite? Ginger. It's thought to stimulate the metabolism, stimulate the appetite, make your bowels work better. Uh, if you've got any, again, we talk about the cold conditions, cough, bronchitis, cold, flu, chills, mm -hmm, anything mm -hmm, like that. Mm -hmm. Poor circulation. Maybe you've got menstrual cramps. Do you have stomach cramps? Do you have fever? Do you have headache? How about a toothache? Well, It's Sydney, also really good for inflammation. So do you have some arthritis? Done. Do you have some joint problems? Maybe some rheumatism. Maybe a little bit of tendonitis. It's also good 
for lowering your cholesterol and lowering your blood pressure, and it prevents blood clots. Are you done? I'm done. Uh, that sounds like a cure-all to me, Sydney. And as we have well established on Sawbones, cure-alls cure, cure nothing. nothing. Yeah, unfortunately, ginger, I think a, a lot of it go, Don't tell me it does to, cure things, because no. that's going to mess up the whole bit. There's a little bit you can use ginger for, and I'm about to get to that. But I think that when you when you have something like ginger, which, as we've already mentioned, has a strong flavor, a strong odor. If you eat more, it's kind of spicy. It's not spicy, but, you know, it's kind of a spicy. It's kind of it, spicy it flavor. feels yeah. stimulating. Yeah, it, get, it feels like you're getting some pep, some yeah. vim, some vigor. Exactly. Some zest, some zeal. And so you see it used for, for that kind of thing. Um, and then... Uh, uh, even up till today, we we still, especially for GI issues, so for stomach issues, for nausea, we still commonly recommend ginger. Now, I used it for gas. For gas? Yeah. Remember? Do you remember actually when yes. we were? You remember when you were living in that uh, dorm? That the the not the dorm, but the university apartments, yep. the chalets. I think mm-hmm. was, and you. I had really bad stomach pain, and you made me uh, basically. A shot glass full of lemon juice and ginger. Yes. Yes. Because you read about it online. I read about it online and you mixed it up for me. And I I'll, did it. I'll be darned if it didn't work wonders. I wasn't in medical school yet. That's true. You're a little, a little bit more flexible. <laughs> uh, it. I, I will say this, kind of skipping ahead a little bit. It does, in some cases, it has been proven to help with nausea. Boom. So, I mean, but that's, it's been specific. It's hard because they do a study on, you know, morning sickness versus seasickness versus nausea related to, you know, maybe drug induced like chemotherapy nausea versus nausea because you've got, you know, a, a gastrointestinal virus or something. I mean, there are different kinds of nausea. So does it work on all nausea? Not necessarily, but can it help with nausea? Is it pretty harmless to try a little bit of ginger when you have some nausea? Nah, it's fine. Why do I always want ginger when I'm on a plane? And everybody feels this way. My friend, uh, the dear departed Ryan Davis, used to call it Sky Ale for that exact reason. I think part of it is, I I don't know that I would say that there is enough ginger in a ginger ale to actually settle your stomach. Mm, Okay. I don't know that I would would make that claim. It's a little bit of a psychosomatic. I, I think part of it is the... Yes, I think part of it is our association that ginger ale settles our stomach. And again, there have been some studies that say ginger does help with nausea. So I'm not saying that's not true. But I think part of it is the association. Part of it is also, it's not just knowing that ginger ale, that thought that ginger ale is going to help with nausea, but the taste then, you know, because I mean, we're sensory creatures, the sure. smell, the taste, the our association with it. Maybe all that helps to calm you. Also your anxiety about getting ill. I don't know. But, I mean, it can help with nausea some. Um, it also is is still there. There are people who will tell you ginger helps with high blood pressure. But it's funny because the same people who will tell you it helps with high blood pressure will tell you that if you eat too much, it will cause high blood pressure. And also not to eat it in the summer because that's when it will make your high blood pressure the worst. Okay. And that's <laughs> obviously there. That's I'm problematic. I'm away from the conversation. I have read that it's good with hiccups, but we've talked about hiccups before. Everything is supposedly good for hiccups. Yeah. Because hiccups tend to go away. So something's going to be the last thing you tried, right? Yeah. Uh, there was one really strange application of ginger that I had never heard of and that I am unfortunately now aware of called gingering with horses. What is that? Have you heard of this? 
This is terrible. So ginger, if applied to the skin, especially to a mucous membrane, can be kind of irritating, like a chemical irritant. You know, I mean, you could it, you can imagine how ginger could feel that way. It doesn't on like your fingers. Yeah, but I could see that. Yeah, it, it could be just raw ginger, maybe even inside your mouth. Probably wouldn't feel too good. So it's been used as a suppository on horses. Um, you can either apply it rectally or vaginally. For the and, and this practice is called gingering, and it will make your horse appear younger or livelier. Make their that's hugely their tail stand up more. Or something I don't know. It does something to the horse. To if you're trying to compete with the horse or sell the horse to mm-hmm. falsely lead people to see the horse. It's a terrible thing. It's not okay. You're not supposed to do this. They actually in competitive horse events. They actually will swab if they if they suspect gingering, they can swab for ginger to in test. The, yeah, in the mm, rectum mm, or whatever. This is a terrible a cool thing. I never heard gig. of this, and I can't. Cool gig. This is like I can't. We we talk about on this show all of the horrible things that humans have tried on each other in an attempt to make each other better, and then I sometimes we don't stress enough the even worse things that people come up with to do to animals. How horrible is this? That's so, monstrous. Don't. Don't do this. That sounds terrible. Do you want ginger in your butt? You know what? If you do, that's okay, though. I'm not saying you can't. Yuck any yums. I don't know. If is that, that's your thing. Is that ginger? Uh, that There's one other thing I want to say about ginger, because I always say, is there a downside? You know, if you're going to pretend like this is a medicine, is there a downside? It can interact with some medications. So when I, you know, I think I, I read one thing that it can prevent blood clots. Well, I don't know that it prevents blood clots, but it can interact with some blood thinners. So don't. You know, if you're going to use ginger, especially medicinally, you're going to take like supplements of ginger or massive doses of ginger. You should talk to your doctor if you're on medications because it can interact with some medications and it can cause heartburn. So even though it can help with nausea, it could cause other GI problems. So um, I don't know. I like ginger ale. And in closing, Sydney likes ginger ale. (laughs) Uh, that's going to do it for us. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, big thank you to the taxpayers for letting us use their song. Medicines is the intro and outro of our program. Uh, I want to go encourage you. Oh, here's something fun. Uh, if you haven't checked out Still Buffering yet, that's a show that Sydney does with her sisters, Taylor and Riley. Uh, I appeared on it this week. So if you want to hear Sydney and I talk about video games with Taylor and Riley, um, then you should listen to the newest episode of Still Buffering. It's a great show, and a lot of people really like it. Thank you, honey. And uh, that's another Max Fun property. There's a lot of great shows there. You can check out at maximumfun.org. Um, but uh, until uh, the next and time. And thank you to the taxpayers. I, I have a thing. You already did? Whoa. I don't know if Ginger helps listening comprehension, but. I don't think you did. I fully did. All right. Play back the tape, Justin. Future Justin. Play it back right here. A uh, big thank you to the taxpayers. Does that prove it? I don't know. Until next week, my name is Justin McElroy. <laughs> I'm Sydney McElroy. And as always, don't drill a hole in your head. All right. Yeah. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.